0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 26, how God told Isaac that Abraham had kept his charge and how God has given us a charge to obey by bringing the gospel to every creature today. We appreciate you listening to the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher. Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. And as a Jewish born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, Tom Cantor has a heart to reach Jewish people, so he founded Israel Restoration. Now, Israel Restoration Ministries is an outreach ministry that evangelizes and reaches the Jewish people With our missionaries that work for us full-time, part-time, and even volunteers like you around the nation that go out and take the gospel to the Jewish people with Israel Restoration Ministries materials that are geared towards reaching Jewish people with the gospel. We do that by giving out millions of copies of Tom Cantor's Life Story on DVD as well as his book on Frequently Asked Questions and Prophecy and Fulfillments. ...of the Lord Jesus Christ being the Jewish Messiah, we also give out these wonderful fourfold tracts from Israel Restoration Ministries on the Ten Commandments... ...and how we're not good enough, but we ask the question, are you good enough and have you kept the Ten Commandments? These are incredible gospel witnessing tracts that use nothing but Old Testament scripture about the Jewish Messiah to be able to witness about him in the New Covenant... So if you'd like these Old Testament gospel presentations from Israel Restoration Ministries, we've got a pack of 20 for you, and you can call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. You can also call us if you'd like to make a donation of any amount. It's tax-deductible to support Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries with Jewish Evangelism. So our website is friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, teaching us from Genesis chapter 26, how God told Isaac that Abraham kept his charge, and how we too are supposed to keep God's charge today by bringing the gospel to every creature.
1: And that was the most important aspect for Isaac to copy in Abraham's life, as an example in verse 5. Abraham obeyed my voice. So God is saying that, to isaac really key onto that isaac and that's why abraham also had this just immediate obedience you know when god told abraham to do something abraham he didn't think about it he immediately obeyed and the most clear example of of that is what we saw is when about this matter of circumcision when god told abraham to circumcise in genesis 17 verses 10 through 14 god said like this he said this is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and your seed after you every man child among you shall be circumcised there's no question about it there's no exemptions he's god saying and you shall circumcise the flesh of his foreskin it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me me and you he that's eight days old shall be circumcised among you every man child in your generations that's born in your house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed he that is born in thy house he that's bought with money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Abraham's obedience to this command, it's recorded in the same chapter, Genesis 17, verses 23-27. Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house, all that were bought with the money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son, and all the men of his house born in the house bought with the money of the stranger were circumcised with him. This is a point that's stated twice in this passage I just read there. And it's this emphasis on the selfsame day. It says that in verse 23, they circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self same day as God had said unto him. Verse 26, the self same day was Abraham circumcised, Ishmael his son. It was in the same day that God told Abraham. You know, Abraham wakes up one day, he hears for the first time about circumcision. (laughs) He says, What? You know, he says, No one has ever been circumcised before. Can you make that a little clearer to me exactly? What are you talking about? He says, You want me to cut off what? and abraham doesn't stagger he doesn't say he doesn't say you want me to do what he doesn't say can we take some time to plan this out a little bit i mean there's 400 men here. There's over 400 people to circumcise can we think about do we have sharp enough knives how are we going to sterilize them i mean how long is the recovery period going to be you know and um who's going to do what during this recovery period Oh no, that Abraham, not Abraham. For Abraham, it was simple. Get the knives. God said circumcise. Let's, we don't have too much time before the sun goes down and we've got a lot of work to do. And so God told Abraham, circumcise. Before the sun went down, every man was circumcised, including Abraham. And because for Abraham, obeying God was personal. It was a matter of obeying the voice of God. And then God told Isaac in verse 5 that Abraham kept God's charge. The Hebrew word there is mishmeret its meaning is seen clearly in habakkuk 2 1 in the first verse of habakkuk 2 where habakkuk said i will stand upon my watch mishmeret and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what i shall answer when i am reproved it gives a very clear picture see habakkuk here Look, he says, look at me. I'm standing on a a watch. I'm standing watch. I'm a sentry. You know, I'm on this tower. I'm a lookout. And so when God says to Isaac, Abraham, mishmeret, he kept him in charge. He's telling Isaac that he loved Abraham because Abraham was like a sentry on a watch, a lookout, see what God's going to say. God could count on Abraham to be waiting on the Lord to see what God would say. And God could count on him to be responsible to what God had commanded him to do. You know, God's given us a charge. He's given us a charge. Bring the gospel to every creature. That's our job, to be on mishmeret, to be keeping God's watch. For us to be alert, as a sentry is alert, and to watch for opportunities so that we don't come away and say, Oh, I just met that lost person. You know, I should have set the No. Yeah, the sentry is gonna sit there and say, you know, oh, look at that, someone broke through the gate. You know what I should have done? You know. No, he says, when we see a lost person, we should be as alert as a sentry on a watchtower and ask God, what's that special word you want me to bring to that person? That's what it means to keep God's charge. That was Abraham. And then God told Isaac that Abraham had kept his commandments. See, that's the word mitzvah. Of course, you're all familiar with the term bar mitzvah. It's a bar mitzvah. And that refers to specific things to do. Like when God told Abraham, go and circumcise all the men. That was a mitzvah. I don't know if all the men thought it was a mitzvah, but <laughs> that was a mitzvah. Okay? So God was saying to Isaac, Abraham was a good example, and that he did specifically the mitzvah, what God had asked him to do. And next, God told Isaac that Abraham, he kept his statutes. That's the word, hukah. Uh, Hebrew word chah it means ordinances he kept his ordinances for example God established certain holidays in Israel like the Passover those were ordinances that needed to be kept God established that there would be a morning sacrifice an evening sacrifice those were ordinances and God said I can count on Abraham to keep those keep ordinances that I give to him like circumcision, for example. became an ordinance. First it was a mitzvah, then it became an ordinance. Next, God told Isaac that Abraham kept his law. That's the word Torah, which refers to, obviously, the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments. And those are principles. Those are principles, those Ten Commandments. For example, the principle of one of those laws, don't commit adultery. The Lord Jesus Christ said, let me show you the application of that in the Sermon on the Mount. You look in lust, you committed adultery. And so God is saying to Abraham, He kept my laws. In other words, Abraham thought about those laws and he saw how those laws could be violated in his life, look and lust. And so God held up Abraham as an example and says, and he says to Isaac, Isaac, follow him. Now the Lord Jesus Christ is our example. He's our example. So as God holds up Abraham as an example for us to follow when he says Abraham because isaac needed the example that's why the lord jesus christ said 17 times in the gospel for people to follow him he says sell what you have follow me follow me follow me he's the example that we follow what does it mean to follow a person in their life to follow our examples of lord jesus christ means that we see life like he sees life when a person follows another person he sees life the way that person sees life for example the lord jesus christ said He said, when I look out on people, I see every single person in one of four categories. And that was the whole concept of the parable of the sower, which he told them. He said, if you don't get this parable, you haven't gotten to first base. But he said in Matthew 13, 18 through 23, Hear, therefore, the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. That's he which was received seed by the... Wayside. But he that received the seed in a stony place is the same as he that heareth the word, and none with joy receiveth it, but yet he hath he no root in himself, dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he's offended. And he also receives seed among the thorns, is he that hears the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, he becomes unfruitful but he that receives seed in a good ground is he that hears the word understands it he bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold some sixty some thirty see for us to follow the lord jesus christ is for us to see four heart grounds and to be able to put every person in life and to do this consciously into one of those four heart grounds see the follow the lord jesus christ means to be happy with what he's happy with for example he said in Matthew 18:11 through 13, he said, "The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost." And he said, "How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep, one of them be gone astray? Does not leave the ninety and nine, goeth after the mountain, seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine that went not astray." See, whenever a lost person or a Christian who's lost his way with God is brought back to the Lord Jesus Christ, that makes him extremely happy. And that should make us happy, too, if we're following him.
0: We'll continue with Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on Friendship with God, in just a moment. To learn more about Tom Cantor, you can go to our website, friendshipwithgod.org. Now, Tom Cantor also has another website, IsraelRestoration.org. And on IsraelRestoration.org, you'll learn about our Jewish Evangelism Outreach Ministry to the Jewish people, the most unreached people group in the world. They need to know about their Messiah and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, His lost Jewish brethren and sisters that need to come to a saving knowledge of Him. And we take the gospel to them, and you can take the gospel to your lost Jewish friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, business people, acquaintances that you have, doctors, someone that you encounter that's Jewish but needs to be saved. We'll give you a free gift from Tom Cantor. To reach them, you can fill out the online form at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us 800-247-3051. As
1: Jesus says in Luke 15:10, "Likewise I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. See, when a lost sinner comes to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, it makes him very happy, and when we follow him makes us very happy. So to follow our example in the Lord Jesus Christ means to see life as he sees it, to be happy with what makes him happy, and to be angry with what makes him angry. When we saw it in John 2, it says in John 2, 13 through 16, the Jews' Passover was at hand. Not God's Passover, it says the Jews' Passover is at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem, found in the temple those that sold oxen, sheep, doves, changers of money sitting, and when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen had poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables, and said to them that sold the doves, take these things hence. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. It makes him angry to see the service of God changed into a money-making operation. And we're following him, it'll make us angry too. To follow him, it means that we will be sad over what he's sad about. He looks over Jerusalem, intense sadness comes to him and in Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven, he's in a state of sadness when he wails "O Jerusalem Jerusalem thou that killest the prophet stone is stone which are sent unto thee how often would I have gathered thee thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings and ye would not and you could hear the cries after he said you would not it made him so sad his heart is broken over the lost condition of the Jewish people today and when we follow him our heart will be broken over the lost condition of the jewish people to follow our example means that we have his mind in us which is described for us so wonderfully in philippians 2 we're told let this mind be in you philippians 2 5 through 8 he was in the form of god we didn't think it robbery to be equal with god because he was god but made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a certain servant made in the likeness of men found in fashion as a man humbled himself Became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. See, Paul knew that the Corinthians were floundering, and they were floundering in sin because they needed an example to follow. So Paul says, you need an example to follow? Follow me, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.16. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1. be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. See, in those verses, he's telling them, follow me, because I'm following Christ. So Isaac knew how Abraham lived in that wicked land. And Isaac knew that Abraham had his best times in that land. And so he saw in the life of Abraham the fulfillment of what it says in Psalm 23, 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. See, he was right in the presence of his enemies, Abraham's enemies, that God prepared a table and blessed him. And Isaac saw this. So verse 6 is so important because Isaac says, I'm in. I'm deciding to stay here. Isaac dwelt in the land of Gerard. Same is true for us. It's when we are under fire, that's the time when God blesses us especially. Now, verse 7 comes along, and Isaac's caught totally off guard, out of the blue, men start congregating around his wife and say, well, you know, <laughs> not bad. Who's she? And a sudden interest in the beauty of his wife. Suddenly, Isaac feels alone, afraid. Oh, they're going to kill me so that they can have Rebecca. In the suddenness of it all, Isaac's caught off guard. He forgets all that God has told him about his seed being like the multitude of the scarred. He doesn't stop to think, how can I make my seed like the multitude of the star if I get killed for her? And so fear just blinds his reasoning So Isaac immediately lies and says, oh, no, she's my sister. She's my sister. Don't you think I'm as good looking as she is? Now, the castles in those days had kind of a lattice work for windows. And that allowed the light to come in that they were in such a way that when the sand would blow, it would block the sand. And so what's happening now in verse 8 is that Abimelech is looking out of one of those windows And he sees Isaac, as it says here, sporting with his wife, with Rebecca. It's interesting, you know, he's sporting. I don't know, what do you think when you read sporting? You know, what were they playing? Basketball together, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Sporting with his wife. So the Hebrew word doesn't mean you know they were doing athletics together. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) the word sporting here is the Hebrew word that actually means laughing. They were laughing. So what Abimelech saw. Was Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife? Abimelech saw Isaac squealing in laughter. Abimelech saw, you know, Isaac out there says, look at that man out there. He is so happy. He's joyful. He's ecstatic. He's, he's laughing in the state of joy and excitement. What Abimelech saw is what it says in Proverbs 5 18 Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth see abimelech looked out there and he says i see a man rejoicing with the wife of his youth that's what i see and so abimelech saw isaac what did he see he saw him playing he looked at isaac and he says he's playing abimelech saw isaac and rebecca doing what kids are going to do in about 20 minutes from now out there in that playground they were playing together you know that's what couples today typically don't do Couples today don't play together, as we see it here in verse 8. Couples today are not like Isaac and Rebecca in verse 8. Couples today are not like children at play. The affairs of the home today have made couples like business partners together. As soon as they're married, they're thrust into the business of making money together. For financial survival, they're not like Isaac and Rebecca in verse 8. They're not like children at play. As soon as they're married, then they enter into the business of making babies together. They're not like Isaac and Rebecca in verse 8. They're not like children at play. And they enter into this business, they become business partners in the business of raising children. You know, they're not like Isaac and Rebecca In verse 8, they're not like children to play. They are business partners in the business of operating a home. And it's a business to operate a home. I mean, I look at Scanabody's lab, and I look at my home, and I say, I don't see any difference. There's just a lot of things that just got to go on for this operation of this thing to happen. In the home, there's the business of cooking, and the business of cleaning, and the business of laundry, and the business of all oh, the maintenance. Everything's breaking all the time in the home and in the bathroom and in the vehicles, you know, and then there's the coordination, you know, homes have a, they might as well have a transportation department, you know, for coordinating which car is going to get, go where and when to take the kids where, and then the homework that's got to get done and then the et cetera and the et cetera and the et cetera. So the couples, they end up, they're not like Isaac and Rebecca in verse eight. They don't, they're not like children at play. They don't play. They don't know how to play. And then when the children leave the home and the couple has enough money, they realize they're no longer in the old business. The old businesses are gone now. The children are gone. Their children are raised. The money has been made. And it becomes a crisis. Why are we together? And then they find themselves, and that's the business of health care, and just taking care of each other's illnesses. You know, which doctor, which primary care, which specialist, when, which copay, which insurance, where and how and at what time, and et cetera, et cetera. And do you have your insurance card with you all the time? Did you remember it? (laughs) And all of that becomes consuming. They're not like children. They're not like verse 8, Isaac and Rebecca in verse 8. They're not like children at play. They're just business partners, they're not like playmates. In verse 8 of Isaac and Becker, they've forgotten the art of playing together and having fun together. They don't know how to act like verse 8. They don't know how to. I like verse 8 because it reminds me of eight year olds. They don't know how to act like eight year olds, like Annabelle and Ariana on the chapel playground. Watch them. They're playful. They tease. They joke. They squeal in laughter together they look forward to being with each other they rejoice to be in each other's company the couples they've had children they've known how to do all that playing together but it's just been so long that they played together that they just wouldn't know where to start again and when they're engaged with each other a way back when then they played together they were just married then they played together but they lost it all now it's all gone and over time pride has come in and anger has come in and pride and anger has robbed them of being able to do what we're reading here in verse 8 husband and wife acting like children at play and they need to repent and to confess the pride and the anger that has robbed them of the playfulness and in humility go down to the playground and let the eight-year-olds teach them how to play again with each other couples need in humility to go to the playground and ask the kids how do you play Couples in humility need to go to the playground and ask kids, teach me how to play. And so remember, because laughing and playing like kids do with each other, it's lost. And it's totally foreign. Love is a playful thing. Saying I love you only has meaning if it's said between people who are like what we see in verse 8. Children at play. Otherwise, for the most part, saying I love you is a snap-to-trigger that results in the response of I love you too. You're not going to let that one sit on me. No, I love you too. But if there is no playfulness between a a husband and a wife, then when one says I love you, it's awkward, it's confusing. And couples don't do verse 8. Isaac and Rebecca playing together like kids at play. They don't playfully say I love you. It's totally foreign. And others can tell when couples are playing together, verse 8, or are not playing together. It can be seen in the light that goes on when they see each other. It can be seen in their faces. It can be heard as they laugh together. Right. Amimelech did. Others, others know when they play together. And so that's why those two words at the end of verse 8 are so important. Behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. Why does it say his wife? Of course Rebekah is Isaac's wife. We know that. Because there's a special unmistakable playing that can be seen when a man and a wife are playing together.
0: We hope you enjoyed our study from Genesis chapter 26 here on a Tuesday with Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher. Tom Cantor is the CEO of Scanabody's Laboratory. He's also the 2009 Whistleblower of the Year. He's also a great Bible teacher, and you can hear him at Mission Valley Community Chapel in San Diego for more information on where Tom Cantor is going to be speaking and teaching. In fact, Tom Cantor just returned from a Jewish evangelism conference in Houston, Texas. There are a lot of Jewish people there, and Tom Cantor, being a born-again Jewish believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, wants to train others. How to Reach Lost Jewish People with the Gospel, and he did that out in Houston, Texas recently with a Jewish evangelism conference. If you're a pastor and would like to set that up at your church, uh, please call us, and we can give you more information on where he's speaking or how he can speak at your church. You can call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. You can also learn more about Tom Cantor by going to friendshipwithgod.org. We have an online bookstore with many resources, some of them for free, listening and download, as well as videos and training and teaching, and also an online bookstore. Now, you can also make a donation that's 100% tax deductible. No administration fees go towards your donation, and all of it goes towards this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism outreach ministry. Call us at 800-247-3051, 800 two four seven Thanks for listening.